No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord gives instructions to Israel for His holy feasts at the end of the year. Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 23 on Simply the Bible. The holidays are special times for friends, family, and celebration. The concept finds its point of origin in the law of God, where he established special times for holy days. In Leviticus 23, we find seven such appointed times, or feasts, as they are called. They were tied to the agricultural calendar from early spring to fall harvest. They were times of gathering, remembrance, and worship. They also foreshadowed Jesus, who fulfills them all. Beginning in the March-April season with the religious New Year, we've looked at the feasts of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. Then in May-June came the Feast of Weeks, also known as Pentecost. Today we cover the three appointed times in the fall trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. We pick it up in chapter 23, verse 23 of Leviticus. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Seven is the number of completion, and it is used frequently in these appointed times. In the seventh month, at the end of the harvest, was the Feast of Trumpets. This corresponds to our modern September-October. On the first day of the month, the new moon, the priests would blow two silver trumpets, According to Numbers 10, these trumpets were blown on three occasions to call the people together, to announce war, and to announce special times. The first day would be a Sabbath rest, as a regular Sabbath where they would do no work. There were several offerings that are listed in Numbers 29. The feast foreshadows the return of Jesus Christ for his church when the trumpet will sound. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. There is a gap between the Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of Trumpets of nearly four months. In the same way, we are living in the gap between the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost and the rapture of the church represented by this Feast of Trumpets. As Jesus was crucified on Passover, raised from the dead on first fruits, and sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, 
Some believe that the rapture may take place during the Feast of Trumpets. When the Lord calls together the dead and the living who believe in him, we shall all meet him in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also, the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls. On the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening to evening, you shall celebrate your Sabbath. The tenth of the month began the Day of Atonement. We covered this in detail in Leviticus 16, and you can listen to that podcast. While there was feasting during many of the holy days, this was a time of fasting. From the evening of the ninth to the evening of the tenth, they were to afflict their souls. It was a time to mourn over their sins, realizing that it was only through the death of another that they could be forgiven by God. It would be a supreme act of irreverence to work on that day, and God would destroy such a person. The Day of Atonement foreshadows Israel's atonement after the rapture of the church. During the seven years of tribulation, God will turn his face toward Israel. According to Revelation, he will seal 144,000 Jews. He will raise up two witnesses in Jerusalem one of whom will be Elijah. When Jesus comes again at the end of the tribulation, the house of Israel will afflict their souls according to Zechariah 12.10. And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. And they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. The prophet continues in the next chapter. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem and for sin and for uncleanness. Atonement will be made for Israel. Their blindness will be lifted. They will receive Jesus as their Messiah and their sins will be forgiven. As the Apostle Paul writes in Romans eleven twenty six, and so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. What a glorious day that will be. The last of the seven appointed times is the Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 33. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, 
the 15th day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days, you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. This was the longest of any of the feasts, lasting eight days. It was also known as the Feast of Ingathering because it corresponded to the completion of the harvest. Like our Thanksgiving holiday, it was a time of feasting, rejoicing, and giving thanks to God for His generous blessings. Verse 37. These are the feasts of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything on its day, besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, and besides all your freewill offerings which you give to the Lord. Also, on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of your land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The Feast of Tabernacles looked back to their wilderness experience when God brought them out of the bondage of Egypt. Using tree branches, they would construct shelters or booths. Thus, this was also known as the Feast of Booths. Probably the children enjoyed it, since children loved to camp out in the backyard. It was a great object lesson to pass on from one generation to the next, God's provision for the 40 years that they journeyed through the desert, and His goodness in bringing them into the Promised Land. The Feast of Tabernacles also looks forward to the Millennial Kingdom and the reign of Christ when both Jew and Gentile will be united and there will be much rest, joy, and feasting. The prophet Zechariah also speaks of this. Zechariah 14.16 says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. The nations of the world that survived the tribulation will come to Jerusalem each year to celebrate this feast. It is interesting that this is the one feast that we are told occurs during the kingdom age. Christ will reign in Jerusalem and we shall reign with him. What a great time of joy and feasting that will be. 
When Israel inhabited the promised land and the temple was established in Jerusalem, a certain ritual developed during the Feast of Tabernacles. Each day the priest, accompanied by a procession of singing people, would go down to the pool of Siloam. There he drew water with a golden pitcher, came back to the temple, and poured out the water at the altar as a reminder of God's provision of water for them in the wilderness. However, on the eighth day, the great day of the feast, the priest returned from the pool of Siloam with an empty pitcher, acknowledging that when they entered the promised land, there was no more need for the miraculous provision of water. According to John's Gospel, it was on this last and greatest day of the feast that Jesus stood up and with a loud voice cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. John explains that by this, Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit. As it was then, so it is now. Jesus is our never-ending source of the living water of the Spirit. If we will come to Him, He will satisfy our thirst. He saves, sustains, and satisfies us for both now and eternity. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feast of the Lord. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we'll see where Aaron was required to continually tend the lamp in the sanctuary. It's just such a beautiful picture of how Christ tends his church. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.